Sermon number 618, preached in the First Presbyterian Church of Bakerstown on Sunday, September 10th, 1972. The Parable of the Weeds. The text is Matthew, the 13th chapter, the 24th through the 30th verses. Matthew, the 13th chapter, beginning to read at the 24th verse. Jesus told them another parable. <coughs> the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. One night when everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed seeds and weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the plants grew and the heads of grain began to form, then the weeds showed up. The man's servants came to him and said, Sir, it was good seed you sowed in your field. Where did the weeds come from? It was some enemy who did this, he answered. Well, do you want us to go and pull up the weeds? They asked him. No, he answered. Because as you gather the weeds, you might pull up some of the wheat along with them. Let the wheat and the weeds both grow together until harvest. And then I will tell the harvest workers, pull up the weeds first and tie them into bundles to throw them in the fire. Then gather in the wheat and put it in my barn. The massacre in Munich this past week revealed and awakened us again to an eternal truth which Jesus taught in the parable of the weeds, which he spoke a long time ago and which you heard again in your hearing this day. And the point that he makes, namely, is that whenever and wherever you have good seed producing good fruit, you will also have at the same place evil seed producing evil fruit. Wherever you grow wheat, you have also weeds. They go together. And it makes no difference what the venture or where the arena. It can be in the Olympic Games. It can be in the government of this or any other nation. It can be in the church. It can be in your business and your social life. It can be in your home. It's in your life, too. You have both wheat and weeds. And never forget it. And anybody who does not understand this eternal principle, or who chooses to disbelieve that in the world you have both wheat 
and weeds. Well, that person is living in a dream world and is asleep to reality. Weeds are real. They're present everywhere. Wherever there is wheat, that which is good, you're going to have weeds, that which is evil. And we must never forget it. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, when that atrocity happened and when news of it reached our ears, it was right and it did bring with it sadness and sorrow. But for us, especially the Christian community, it should not have brought surprise. No. Where you have wheat and weeds, you must expect this kind of thing. And though we do not like it, it happens. And probably there will be even more ugly things happen in the future. Because wherever you have somebody trying to do good, you will have also the power of evil. So let's not fool ourselves. Let's not keep asking ourselves questions. Why do things so ugly happen? That's right. In life you have weeds as well as wheat. And don't complicate your life and the rest of the world's life by trying to think otherwise. Weeds are real. They take up space. You can see them and know the results of what they can do. They're here. And whenever we settle that fact in our minds once and for all, the surprise is not with us, but instead, like the servants in this particular parable of Jesus, we cannot help but ask those twin questions which they ask. One, where do the weeds come from? And two, what are we to do with them? Now, to the first question, people throughout the years, all using the scriptures as their base or their authority, they've come up with different answers as to where the weeds come from, as to who is responsible for their planting. You know, there are some people who put the blame on the devil. The devil is the weed planted. There are others that have a slightly different shade of understanding and they said, no, it's more a satanic power that is everywhere in the world. That's who plants the weeds. There are some that say it's temptation. There are some of us who believe that what plants the weeds is a perverse, a selfishly perverse sense of God's freedom and liberty, which is in every man and woman and young person that brings out the evil and the ugliness in the world. I don't know exactly what you believe, 
But before you get into too big of an argument about your particular belief, realize that in the telling of this parable, Jesus himself is not explicit in naming the culprit. An enemy has done this. That's all he says. An enemy. Without giving a specific name. Perhaps he did not name that particular evil advocate simply because he didn't think it was really worth the effort or the time. Perhaps he knew that just knowing the name of the enemy really does little value. Just being able to call the particular troublemaker or to know the source of the power of the troublemaker, that does not erase his power nor eradicate his presence. Jesus just says, an enemy, an enemy has done this thing of planting the weeds. He does not seem nearly as interested in naming the enemy as he is in confronting us with the specifics in answering the second question, what are we to do with the weeds? And here he's quite specific. Do nothing, he says. Yes. Does that shock you? Do nothing. Let the weeds grow with the wheat until the time of harvest. That's a tough answer. I personally don't like it. That's not the way I would do it. And to be real honest with you, it's a little hard for me to understand that those of us who are not to be surprised at the fact that there are weeds among the wheat, I think all of us are somewhat surprised at this answer that Christ gives us concerning what we should do with the weeds in the wheat. Do nothing. You know, I, 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 didn't quite understand that for a long time because I, I really think a God who creates good would really be very grateful for the help that I might be able to do in ridding this world of the evil and the weeds that are here. Yes, but instead he tells me do nothing. And I must admit that's not my human nature. I don't like this word. But the word of God says do nothing. Why? I don't like this because, you see, whenever I see a, a weed growing in one of your wheat fields, I'm very quick to try and point it out. In fact, far quicker than I am to find the weeds in my own wheat field. I want to destroy that weed right away. Ooh. <laughs> Whenever I feel that there are some weeds beginning to grow in the organization or the leadership or the policies of this church, I have the natural desire to stamp out those weeds immediately. Whenever I sense the fragrance of some sweet, sickening, false theology or doctrine that seems to be 
creeping into a rather insipid Christianity. I don't want to let it go, I want to pull that out. And whenever I see some false idol being worshipped by some of the people for whom I have responsibility, I want to tear down that idol immediately. It's very hard for me to let the weeds grow along with the wheat until the time of harvest. And I've asked myself in the study, why would Jesus give such non-active directions for how I should treat the weeds of this world? Why? And with the help of this particular parable and other passages of scripture, I've come up with these answers. One, Jesus wants us to allow the weeds to grow with the wheat, even though he doesn't like the weeds, because he knows that you and I, we just do not possess in all areas of the wheat fields that we have in this life, we do not possess the wisdom nor the judgment as to the difference between the weeds and the wheat. and wheat sometimes look alike. Oh, we think, yes, we can distinguish the right from the wrong, the evil from the good, the weeds from the wheat, the can we? We Christians must never forget that the religious community of 2,000 years ago really thought it was doing a service to its people when they tried to cast out one of the ugly weeds in their midst, the person by the name of Jesus Christ, and they placed him upon a cross. They really thought that they were ridding the world of a nuisance and of a weed when they did that. And today we know him as the very staff of life. Does not history teach us over and over and over again? that many ideas and many movements in their infancy were considered to be curses. And through the process of time, they turned into blessings. And that many things that were considered to be blessings, like the Crusades and the Holy Inquisition and the witch hunts and McCarthyism, these looked like blessings and they turned out to be curses. They look like wheat, and they turned out to be weeds. We just don't possess the wisdom nor the judgment to know the weeds from the wheat in all areas of the wheat fields of life. And God knows that. And I think that's one of the reasons that he tells us, let the weeds grow until the harvest, when the Lord of the harvest, who is the only one who really knows the weeds and the wheat, he will take care of them the way that they should be taken care of. And secondly, Christ wants us to leave the weeds alone in this life, I think, because he knows that no matter how sincere, nor how honest and earnest. Sometimes in trying to pull out the weeds of this 
life, we do more harm than good. You see, weeds and wheat are sometimes so intermingled and their roots so intertwined that you can't pull out a weed without pulling out some wheat. One day I went out to do a little weeding in my small garden. And when I came back in, I really was sorry I had ever gone out. I really believe that things would have been better if I had never tried to do what I thought was an honorable thing. Well, I got rid of the weeds, but I also got rid of six gorgeous geranium blossoms and 17 precious petunia bulbs. And the reason was that when I pulled out the weeds, I pulled out some wheat. And what is true in nature's garden is true in society's garden as well. Deliberately ostracize some weedy, seedy rascal from the church or from any community. And you may find that you have pulled out his innocent wife and his lovely children as well. Work overly hard in purging some idea out of a mind of a created soul, no matter how ugly or wrong or evil that idea. And you may find that you have pulled more out of that creative soul than you had intended. Let the weeds alone. Let the Lord of the harvest take care of them when he's ready. And thirdly, I think Jesus wants us to stay away from the weeds in life because he knows that when we spend too much time with the weeds, something always happens to the weed picker. Yes. When you spend too much time with weeds, something always happens to the weed picker. And it really makes no difference if you are in the weed patch either to condone or to condemn, to fight for them or to fight against them. You're still with the weeds, and when you're with the weeds too long, sometimes you become a weed yourself. How many times I've seen it, and you've seen it too, when people have started on a crusade and they have been so deliberately minded that they're going to rid this world of evil that they become guilty equally, if not more so, of the same evil that they are trying to eradicate in the world. Jesus knows, as we better soon find out, you can concentrate too much on the weeds of this world. If I may digress just for a second, this, ladies and gentlemen, is my great concern for our world since Tuesday. That was an ugly thing that happened. But far worse can still happen. My great hope is that the news media, people who always seem to feature the weeds of this life instead of the wheat, and our politicians, and the leaders in Jerusalem, and you and me, we talk too much about that horrible tragedy. And we concentrate too much upon it. 
I was certainly glad to hear that many rabbis yesterday in their special high holiday services have caught a little bit of a glimpse of this parable of Jesus and are trying to tell the Jewish people of their communities, let's not go hunting for the weeds of this life and spend all of our time on trying to find those terrorists and talk about retaliation and retribution. Let's rise above it. And I hope it can be done. Because when you spend too much time on the weeds of this life, something happens to you. And what happens to you is that you forget to look after the wheat. You can rid the world of all the weeds if you have that power and no man has it. But when you're done, you still have an empty field. There's nothing positive. There's no wheat. Accentuate the positive. Try to cultivate those things that are in your life that are good. Don't spend too much time on trying only to pick out that which is wrong. Support that which is right. You can spend too much time in the weed patch and picking weeds. And God knows it, and that's why he says, don't do anything with the weeds. Leave them up to me. And then I think, lastly, Jesus doesn't want us to become weed pickers because he, being the Son of God, knows that that is not why we were created. And even though we like to pick weeds, we'll never really become very successful at it because our job in this world is not to rid the world of weeds. We're not to pick weeds, we're to produce wheat. That's why God put us down here, not to tear out, but to build up. We're to do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with our God. We are to be people who are not to be concentrating on how we can get rid of our enemies, but rather how we can love our enemies. You and I, we weren't made by God to pick weeds. We were made by him to produce wheat. And if God has not given us the power We'll never be able to pick weeds anyway, successfully. Now, he is the one who has overcome the world. He is the one who defeats the power of the enemy. He is the one who is the Lord of the harvest, and he'll take care of the weeds when he's good and ready at the time of his harvest. But you and I, we're to spend time with the wheat and working with those things that God has given to us to do and to bear the fruits of love and joy and peace and happiness, forgiveness. This is our job. So ladies and gentlemen, let us become people who instead of concentrating upon the weeds of life and whether those weeds be in our nation or in our government or our home or in our very lives, 
Let's not spend too much time on them. Let's know they exist, yes, but let's not spend so much time that we forget the wheat. Instead, let us concentrate on the wheat. And I believe the weeds up to him. Who has told us in this world you shall have tribulation, weeds and wheat. But the one who wrote this parable, and the one who has said to us, and to all, all wheat growers of the world, in the world though you have tribulation, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. As the Jews today are beginning a new year and celebrating even with sadness a tragedy in the life of her people, nevertheless they go about this season expressing to one another, Happy Rosh Hashanah, Happy New Year. For our Jewish brothers, we wish them a prosperous and happy new year. And for every Christian, I wish for a very happy harvest of wheat. Amen. Our Father and our God, we're thankful for this new season, for this beautiful day, and for the power of your Spirit which is within us, which we have felt here today. Lord, help us when we become confused as to what our mission is in life, and help us to remember that we are here not to tear down, but to build up. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit, the Lord of the harvest, be with you all. Amen.